Hey, and welcome to Game Talk episode 24. I'm your host, Emmett Mion. This week, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And following off of last week, the first thing we're going to talk about today is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. So this new Pokemon game has been officially announced um, coming to Nintendo Switch this year. Going to be set in Kanto, original 151 Pokemon, lots of Go features. Uh, first thoughts, you guys? Uh, I'm probably going to get it. I'm a little concerned uh, that you're not going to be battling wild Pokemon, but uh, I don't so, know. The, yeah. the co-op's uh, attractive to me, for sure. So let's just touch up on that. Um, so Pokemon, like catching Pokemon, is pretty much exactly like it is in Go. So, like, you'll see Pokemon, like, roaming around the overworld in patches of grass. No, gone is, like, the random Pokemon encounters. So you actually see the Pokemon, you can choose to battle it, and then battling, quote-unquote, the Pokemon strictly consists of flinging Pokeballs at it until you catch it, just like Pokemon Go. It even looks like Pokemon Go. It uses the same, like, capture system with, like, the circle that gets smaller and all of that. Um, and, yeah, like, my first reaction to that was, like, ugh, like... That's stripping out a huge segment of Pokemon. Um, but I was relieved to hear that at least battling is the same as it is in traditional Pokemon. Like you, all of your Pokemon have four moves. Um, they level up, etc. And uh, so I guess like a lot of the grinding that comes with defeating wild Pokemon and leveling up is just substituted with trainer battles now? I would have to guess. Yeah, that or grinding is just less important. Maybe they like... Um... Sort of, maybe they just added a new way to level up your Pokemon. Like, um, when they added the, uh, super training or whatever in a previous game, that didn't level you up, but it did increase your stats. They could have something like that. We don't know. Yeah, I'm glad they're catering to, like, a more casual audience, because that was an audience that Pokemon kind of skirted with every release, and the hardcore fans got angrier and angrier, because, you know, experience sharing now applies to all Pokemon, just because the casuals don't like grinding and we love grinding so it really needed to happen because eventually they were going to lose both fan bases if i try to please them both so i'm glad they're splitting them in two now i think that's that's a really really strong point yeah i was gonna say i agree completely like i think it's really smart for nintendo to be like we have these two massive yet completely distinct audiences for pokemon now and why not just cater to both of them like they announced that um pokemon let's go will be the official like mainline pokemon release in 2018 but there is another like core rpg that's using their own words coming in 2019 which i assume must be gen 8 i gotta (laughs) wonder if um only 151 pokemon will be catchable in let's go eevee and let's go pikachu but others you have in pokemon go can be put in it i I hope so. Um, just surrounding the the release news and stuff around this game, it seems like it really is strictly 151. So okay, well we know that like, it's not because it's they're talking about a special Pokemon that is exclusive. Right, okay, to it. so that's the caveat. They're adding it's 151 plus a one brand new Pokemon, whatever that might be. Um, and I I personally speculate that it's Mew three. Like I feel like that's going to happen. I would um, hate that. Use three. I I literally never buy another Pokemon game ever again. Uh, another thing people are predicting online is that it's an Eevee evolution, except it's like a normal Eevee evolution. I would be okay with that. Um, but yeah, who knows? I what are they going to add? Definitely think like an extra Eevee. I definitely, 
Eevee. <laughs> I was just going to say, I definitely think it's a legendary. You know, like these types of plus ones always seem to be, legendary, to be legendary when game three goes into them. It's like a like a super zap. Maybe mega evolutions for uh, legendaries. Or maybe like, you know, the three birds, Articuno, uh, Zapdos, Moltres. It could be like Electquatros. So we have two no, electric. Zapdos is already electric. Shoot, ignore that. Yeah, well, you get you get what I was going for. Yeah. It'd be a uh, Fartos. The fairy type bird. <laughs> Jeez, okay. <laughs> too. But but yeah, anyway, let's uh let's get back into the Go features. Like we talked about the rumored ones last week and like they were pretty much all confirmed. Um you can send Pokemon I think from Go, they confirmed you can send them from Go to um, Let's Go, but I'm not sure if they confirmed the other way around, which would be kind of weird if you couldn't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't think there would be any point in sending a Pokemon from Let's Go over to Go. I think it would kind of undermine, because Go wasn't designed around that feature, and Let's Go was. Right, and um, Pokemon in Let's Go will have a level and a CP counter just like they do in uh pokemon go and it's unclear right now what the cp will do in the let's go games but it's interesting that they're including that feature and i think it's mostly to you know show casual fans that like hey this really is an extension of pokemon go right i'm super so we haven't really talked about the co-op a ton um on the switch you can just That's huge pop off a second joy con and uh, a second player can run around in the world with you you share one screen and um, basically, you both get to cooperate to catch Pokemon, and both players get the spoils. We don't really know a ton about how that's going to work, though, I guess. Because, like, how would, like, if I'm playing, if you and I, for instance, Amit, are playing on your Switch, would I be able to transfer the Pokemon I catch back to my Switch at the end of it? Yeah, that's a great question. But I think just the fact that a mainline Pokemon game has co-op is brilliant. Like, I think that's going to be a huge feature. I think Especially so too. with how uh, with how co-op is just built into the Nintendo Switch, you each snap off a Joy-Con and you're both playing Pokemon together. I think that's a huge deal. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I'd also be impressed to see it have multiple save files because it's been a no-go for Pokemon for years. Yeah, to the it, point with where... how like this, the Switch handles saves, I feel like that yeah, must... I've, I've, unless they implement something specifically to safeguard against that, it must be the case that you can... You know, it's gotten to the point where, stuff. at this point, I think it's a tradition for Pokemon games to only have one save file because both the 3DS and the uh, what was it? It was one of the DSs that had uh, was the DSi that had um, SD card storage. Yeah, and yeah, the DSi did. They refused to use it ever. Yeah, it's interesting how Game Freak will handle that because, you know, Game Freak is a very stubborn company. So um, I'm interested in how uh, a lot of the new features are going to affect, like, Nuzlocke runs, for instance. Like, if you can see all the Pokemon in an area, you could run to the one you want to catch. Yeah, I think, I mean, just the way this game is structured. I'm not sure the traditional, yeah, it won't work. Right. Nuzlocke's are just made much simpler inherently by the game's design. 
Um, one thing I did want to bring up, uh, did you guys see the thing about the special Pokeball accessory that's going to be an optional part of this I, game? I did. I don't know how I feel about it. I hope it is packaged in, because I would never buy it. Uh, oh, how naive you are. Uh, it is a $50 optional standalone purchase. You're kidding. $50? Nope. It's $50. Yep. That's... Okay, yeah, nobody's going to buy that. That's going to flop, like... Mad. Oh, contraire. I think everyone's going to buy that. And they're going to be out of their minds for doing it, but I think everyone's going to buy it. I would never um, buy that. Because I feel like all the features that were in it are going to be integrated as a phone app as well. And this is where it's slightly more controversial. Apparently, catching Pokemon is easier if you have the ball, which is kind of not cool. Well, it's already so easy. I can't even really complain about that. True. If it truly is exactly like Go, then it's just a matter of buying a bunch of Pokeballs at the store and then flinging them, you know? I mean, yeah, they're basically um, making the whole game the Safari Zone, right? Essentially, yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. And, um, but again, like, Pokemon Go was downloaded, what, like over 100 million times? Oh, yeah. Um, and the active user base was in the like, dozens of millions, you know? So, like, if they play their cards right and they go after this market, like, that means explosive sales for the Switch, explosive sales for the Let's Go series, and, you know, just bank, Pokemon making bank. Um, and it'd be interesting to see, they already, uh, officially stated that, like, the 2019 core Pokemon game won't have any Go features or any of the features in this game in it, but I'd be interested to think maybe after that, the Pokemon after that, if Let's Go is such a smash success, it'll, it'll incorporate more of those features into a mainline core Pokemon game. Yeah, I think it's wild that they've already said, like, no, we're not gonna bother. Uh, I, I think it's smart because they they knew that like the like dedicated play Gen one through seven Pokemon fans are probably going to have a very adverse reaction to this game, and so they got out in front of it and said, "Look, uh, this game's for a different audience, but your game is yeah, still coming." I'm, yeah, which I th I think is yeah, really as I cool. said earlier, I'm glad they're catering to both audiences instead of trying to make steps and fix things for just one audience. They've realized that they have two audiences of their Pokemon games at this point, and any other. I think, I think my problem is I don't really know which which one I'm in because I like the EXP share in uh, like Sun and Moon and um, X and Y how it shares with all your Pokemon, but at the same time I like you know I like how Sun and Moon were a little bit more challenging than some of the others. Here's how you know. I mean, I there's I can... a test. For half your hardcore. Or not. I was just going to say, I could probably safely say I'm in both. I loved Pokemon Go, like going out and playing it with my friends and stuff like that. So like, I can enjoy both the casual and the hardcore experience. Like, and and I've played every single Pokemon release since you know Red and Blue. So, both people who fall into both camps do exist. Is what I'm saying. I want to say mm -hmm. the people who are more hardcore are those who will spend hours upon hours grinding eggs for shinies. Okay, that's, that's like hardcore. Yeah. Those are the audience that really Ted is going for. I actually briefly did that. Um, I was so fixated on getting a shiny Charmander. I have boxes and boxes full of Charmanders back in like Leaf Green, I think. And to no avail, I never got my shiny Charizard, but like I really tried I knew for a someone while. That I did just... chaining to get a shiny. Mike? Uh, chaining was a recent feature, wasn't it? 
It was yeah, in it, it wasn't a thing back in. Yeah, I don't think it yeah, was a back, thing back in the in day. You I think had to turn. I think it got introduced in Emerald. Oh, I don't really? think it was introduced in Emerald. Yeah, I can look it up real quick. Any game that had the um, the Pokemon radar thing has chaining. Another thing we could bring up is like the art style for this game. I think it's pretty good. You know, it looks clean. It looks crisper than like the handheld Pokemon games. Um, and I'm excited that like the battle system is the same. So we'll get to see like all the attacks animated and stuff. I'm glad that's staying over from the core Pokemon series. Right. I, uh, yeah, I don't have any complaints about the art style. I don't think it's anything like spectacular. I don't expect any visuals that are going to blow me away, but I think that's fine. Right. And I, I'm, I don't know. I'm hoping against hope the gen eight switch release in 2019 will be like a complete artistic reimagining too for Pokemon, but I'm not holding my breath. I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. I I imagine it's going to use the same assets as Pokemon. Let's go. So yeah, Poker radar was introduced in uh, diamond pearl platinum. So the DS generation. Okay. Yes. So back in the day you had to manually turn Um, on and off your, uh, game boy. If you wanted that shiny Bulbasaur and didn't want to get all the way to breeding for it. I knew someone that did that. He, right. I was just sitting next to him in class, and he's just turning on and off his Game Boy Advance just for that shiny Charizard. And yep, the 2019 game yeah, is for those people. There's a whole another audience that's beyond just I play it, I beat it, and then I put it down. There's a whole audience that'll spend that will literally put a coin on their their 3ds and just grind eggs. Mm. Not me. Is there anything else you guys want to say about these Pokemon games? We already kind of talked about them last week, but I just wanted to bring it up again because they were officially announced. Um, I'm probably going to go with Eevee, not Pikachu. Come on, man, Pikachu. See, oh, that actually, that brings up one other point that we have to address, which is so stupid. The Pokemon you pick doesn't evolve. Really? Right? Like, so Pikachu won't evolve, Eevee won't evolve. But in those games, you can catch... Pikachu and Eevee out in the wild that will evolve. Which is just, you know, that gives me an aneurysm. It's just like, why is that? Why would Eevee be in it? Why would they choose Eevee? Yeah, like it should have been like Togepi or something. Game freak thing to do. Yeah. It's just like, why? It's like, so you pick an Eevee that can't evolve, but you could just throw that in the box, catch an Eevee in the wild, and evolve that one and pretend that, like, that's your main Eevee. You know, like could you can you put it in the box? Because like doesn't your uh You can't you, you can box your starting Pokemon. Okay. Yep. And it's and uh okay, I guess there's a couple more things to talk about. Um following Pokemon makes a return. So like uh the first Pokemon in your par- party is shown like following you, like running behind you, which is really cool. Like no matter what the Pokemon is. Like I saw like a screenshot sh- screenshot of an electrode like rolling behind their trainer which i thought was amusing <laughs> that's funny another really cool thing uh pokemon writing comes back and it, it, and it's implemented in a sort of logical way like if a pokemon is big enough for you to write on it you can write on it so you can't like jump on top of like say uh a polyworld and surf you know but like if you got on top of a polyrath maybe that could carry you or a lapras yeah i was gonna say that so means I, pretty I, much lapras is gonna be the one blastoise yeah I don't like Blastoise, you know. Yeah. But, like, uh, Gyarados, you know. But I, I just think that's cool, because, like, in all the prior games, if you could teach a Pokemon Surf, you could write it, and size didn't matter at all. But it's just another little touch to make things a little more so if this is 
This is like Pokemon Yellow, right? So you'll be able to get all three yeah. starters. They haven't said anything about that, but I feel like you must be able to if it's a reimagining of Yellow. Also, you can send Pokemon over from Go. So I feel like a lot of people will just straight off straight off the bat, once that feature becomes available, send over their Charmanders, Bulbasaur, Squirtles right. from Go yeah, good point. into the game. Um, uh, a little, a, a couple comments on the story. It is a like a reimagining of Yellow. Red and blue are in the game, but you don't play as them. And Team Rocket obviously plays an element. Um, they said that Team Rocket's like team structure will be different from Red and Blue because in Red and Blue they use like three Pokemon over and over again, which I think is a good thing. And they also mentioned that Mewtwo will play a big part in the main story. So if anyone really cares about Yay, Pokemon Lord. story, there's some tidbits for you. But with that, I think like we've talked about everything there is to talk about, at least right now, for these new Pokemon games. Yeah, I Personally, agree. I'm excited for them. Uh, my initial, very initial reaction was like disgust, but then <laughs> once I learned that like this isn't replacing Pokemon, like we're still going to get like our traditional Pokemon re- releases in addition to this, I was all for it. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for it. I'll probably buy it day one. Same. All right, um, moving on to our next topic. Something else entirely... Um, Something disgusting. Utterly stupid. Yeah, th- those are both really good ways of putting it. So PUBG Corp has decided to sue Fortnite for whatever reason. I guess the mentality is that they were the quote-unquote Battle Royale game to begin with. Um, and then Fortnite sort of came along, blew up, and then ate their lunch. You know, everyone's playing Fortnite now. PUBG numbers are down. And I guess, I don't know, like, this to me really just feels like a petty thing to do because there's yeah. no, I don't think there's any legal basis in it, and they just seem to be throwing the a tantrum because they don't like how PUBG successful right Fortnite now is. That is. PUBG That's runs on Unreal Engine 4, which is also developed by Epic. So this is a case of them biting the hand that also has fed them the engine and the support for said engine. Right, so they better hope, for one thing, that they are fully within their... Um terms if of they service are, then epic could just say nope you're not using our engine and just shut it down so i have a little excerpt i just want to read off like blue holes pubg corp has confirmed that it sued epic in south korea this january for allegedly violating the studio's copyright with fortnite's battle royale mode particularly its interface and in-game items that's Is absurd. That really what they're going for like what does that even mean like fortnite's guns like but yeah that's absurd do they have? Does PUBG I have a patent on like Scar? They're, they're trying to right? go on the basis that <laughs> yeah. you have to copyright a gameplay mode or genre, which is absurd. And if it does, if See, PUBG okay, wins, so let's just games will die because that sets a precedent. Yeah, I, you bring up a great point. I was just yeah. going I mean, to say, let's Korea just bring games up the hypothetical. Die. Let's just bring up the hypothetical that uh, PUBG wins now, like. Okay, so like, let's extrapolate that. What happens next? Yeah, does, Call of Duty could just does Call of Duty sue Battlefield for being yeah. the first person World War II shooter? Dungeons shooter? and like, Dragons like, could take a suit, could sue everyone into oblivion like that released an RPG after them. Yeah, like I understand being protective of your IP, but like this is absolutely one of those cases where it's just it's just kind of like sad, like, and it's gone way too far. It's like Fortnite. I mean, let's be real here. H1Z1 is more similar to PUBG than PUBG is to Fortnite. Like, why are you going for Fortnite? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense I at mean, all. 
Fortnite at least differentiates itself. Yes, it's a battle royale mode, but it differentiates itself entirely, in my opinion, by having the building mechanics. Like a game of PUBG feels nothing like a game of Fortnite. The only similarity is that there it's a one hundred player battle royale game. That's it. I mean, like it's it's absolutely the case that Fortnite created its battle royale mode. Because of PUBG, that's fine, and that's completely okay in my book. Like, yeah, I agree. That's not against the they, law. They, they took a genre of game and improved upon it, and that's what we're supposed to do as an industry. You know, take what exists, make it better, make it your own. And yeah, absolutely, that's not against the law. And I think that yeah, PUBG needs to be shot. Like, the, at least this lawsuit needs to be shot down like hard to. You know, just send a clear message out there that no, this is not okay to do, and you're allowed to do, to take artistic and mechanical liberties with already existing things. Because if you can't, then what else can we do? It's ridiculous, right? So obviously, the air between PUBG and Fortnite is a little awkward. I don't know. I think PUBG they could use this energy to rather than sue Fortnite. Focus it on maybe like making their game better, hiring more people, better devs. Because quite frankly, improving because PUBG's in a rough spot. Exactly. Yeah, their game doesn't run well. It's not doesn't have a lot of interesting content. It's just a generic shooter game. Like right. Fortnite's colorful, it's bright, it has a lot of appealing characteristics. Where it's just like, oh, this is so whimsical. I don't feel bad when I die. I mean, more than just that. Like in terms of game maintenance and polish, like Epic's just taking it to another level. There are weekly substantial updates to Fortnite, you know, and and yeah. also, yeah, the the performance of the game is, is is quite frankly one of the best I've seen in any video game. Like they're almost. Like, no glitches. I mean, like, it runs at 60 frames per second. The gameplay never, like, hitches. And I don't think the same can be said for PUBG. And it offers alternative modes. PUBG, it's just a battle royale. There's no fun modes like, oh, you all get rocket launchers. Like, how do we make this fun? Oh, we'll make it 50v50 or 20v20v20 or v20. And and just getting back to the lawsuit for a sec, it's it's a little funny because, like, Epic's using, or PUBG is used based off of the Unreal Engine, which Epic, you know, distributes. So even if, <laughs> even if in some bizarro universe, PUBG wins the lawsuit, <laughs> they're still paying Fortnite for using Unreal, which is kind of ironic and funny, you know? Alright, so, um, I think it sets a nasty precedent if, uh, Epic just shows us that they can shut down any game that competes with them. Uh, you you mean PUBG? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, we're epic to shut down PUBG in retaliation to this lawsuit. Yeah, and I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I feel like, like there won't be any retaliation at all. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like Blue Hole and PUBG Corporation are like an ant under the boot of Epic right now, and they're just throwing a fit. That's, that's kind of what it seems like, and hopefully... Whatever court they take this to will treat it accordingly. Yeah, right? treat like, it, it with the absurdity that it has. Right. And I think that's all there really is, is to say about this. Like, yeah. Hopefully we hear that this gets quashed in the coming weeks. And if not, this will definitely blow up into a bigger story than it already is. Yeah. All right. And I think with that, we can move on to our final topic 
which is once again with the weeks uh, leading up to E3, just talking about pre E3 news and E3 hype. Um, I guess oh, we can boy. start off with a big one: uh, Bethesda revealing Fallout 76. I swear to God, if it's a Rust clone, I will personally go to Bethesda and have Todd Howard's head on a gold platter. So that's a, that's an interesting thing. Like we don't know what this is. Like, and they refrained from saying anything. Rumors are squashing around that it's going to be an online kind of RPG, which I wouldn't be bad as long as it's not an MMO. It's all Kotaku, yeah, and, and I just don't trust them at all, though. Yeah. It's Jason I mean, Schreier, and... Jason Schreier is very credible, though. Like, he knows things about the industry that no one else does. But it's like, just him. People, people can buy in him. So, like, if he says it's going to be some kind of online RPG, I believe him. I wouldn't put it past the industry to just lie to him, though. <laughs> also, I think Bethesda hates Kotaku. Yeah, yeah they, they haven't heard anything from Kotaku. Like, Bethesda hasn't emailed Kotaku back. Yeah, so, I hate- what Jason Schreier knows is... Probably just guess at this point. Yeah, and I, I just don't. Email them. I'm not inclined to believe any of it, especially like it just well, doesn't make sense to me. A, a Fallout, like a Fallout game, like they're talking about it being online multiplayer and stuff, and that just doesn't make sense because Fallout, like traditionally, is about being lonely a little bit, isn't it? Like the world's dead. I mean, there are. I guess it's more less lonely and just more general post-apocalyptic. Now the setting uh, of this Fallout really intrigues me. Uh, yeah. What is the setting? It's West Virginia. Do we, do we it's probably going to be near Greenbrier, honestly. Yeah. Wait, what, I, I must have missed something huge. Why do you guys? Did you not you watch the trailer? This? I watched the trailer on mute. Oh, wait, Country Roads is Country playing Roads in the background. Playing in the background. Well, probably shouldn't have done that then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, missed a big chunk of that one. Oops. <laughs> this is why you okay. don't do trailers. Well, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I was at work. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. Ugh. It starts off with like a little traditional Fallout rift, and then it just breaks out into like a re- uh, different singer singing country roads. Wow. Um. Another. Yeah. Like I think the most shocking thing is that we're already getting a new fallout game I, I i could probably safely say no one saw this coming um like i assumed going into this e3 that starfield would be their big thing right and yes they'd have some games on the side like they announced what um what was rage it rage 2? 2 yeah i i never my wireless dreams expected another fallout so soon after four it's very interesting that they've done that i think it's really cool i i have to plug uh, a friend of mine has created a an elaborate Fallout game that actually gained some uh, traction in the D and D community. It's a Fallout pen and paper game. Oh wow! Okay. And um, it's all of its setting and lore were in West Virginia. So he's really hoping that like since it got popular on Reddit, maybe there'll be a nod to it in the game. That would be really cool. Yeah, it's it's our DM, Amid Tyler. Oh yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the title of the game is interesting too. Fallout seventy six. Obviously, Vault seventy six is pretty tightly coupled with Fallout lore. It's kind of a shame there have been like seventy seventy two Fallout games already, and we never saw any right. of them. Yeah, have that's you, a pretty. <laughs> have you guys quick. seen uh, the theories about when it takes place and stuff? Like, it's supposed to be like twenty five years after the bombs are dropped, so it's yeah, the earliest Fallout game yet. 
Yeah, that's because there's a date in there, but that vault was pretty ruined, so who knows? Yeah. But 76 was a control vault, and it was designed to open 25 years after the bombs dropped. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what exactly this game is, Um, because I don't think it's just going to be another traditional Fallout RPG. Like, it's got to have some kind of twist. I think it's going to have. For example, I think based on the setting, I think it's going to be a base building type thing. Yeah. Right, and those mechanics were there in Fallout 4, right? Maybe they fleshed those out. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think it's going to be a Rust clone. I think that's very unlikely. Like, Rust is one of those games that. It seems like it's about base building, but it's really about getting out there, stealing some random poor kid's only rock, and then taking it to your base and never using it again, and then just fighting other people. Like I just don't see that being the direction they take the game. That wouldn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, Especially, we're getting closer and closer. Like, and Bethesda, I think, is the first conference, so we'll, we'll get that soon. Bethesda's conference but, is on Sunday at... 9.30 p.m., which means I work. Uh. But anyways, yeah, what were you going to say, Connor? Um, I don't know. I feel like if if it is something like that, like Bethesda doesn't have a ton of experience in that field. One of the other studios working on the game does, though, so I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting how they revealed it. They threw up that um, – they first they tweeted, uh, please stand by, in like the traditional like Fallout kind of art style. Yeah. And then there was a stream with just a screen that had that please stand by. There and was I think a static sock puck bit. For like – I think that stream was just up with that static screen for like over 12 hours yeah. and people online were losing their minds. It was a screen, a bobblehead, watching it. and occasionally a puppet would come up and dab. Like That's hilarious. And then a guy's head will pop up and disappear. It's really crazy to think like that right there is marketing 101 in 2018. Like they had you know? like yeah. that. That's crazy. 150 you know? K viewers but, watch a puppet dab. <laughs> but anyways, um, more than just fallout was kind of talked about and revealed. Uh, so we can move on. If, if you guys have nothing else to say about fallout, uh, I would like to uh, move on to uh, our weekly segment on Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, there is no news regarding Sonic Adventure 3 yet. Uh, a Sonic racing Maybe. game was announced. Another Sonic yes. Transformers or whatever. It's a Sonic news and morning. I, I am of the opinion that this is the Sonic game that's going to be featured at E3. But Connor, being the the psycho Sonic fan he is, still believes that there's an additional Sonic traditional adventure style game coming. And I... Don't think there is. I am convinced. All the evidence is there. I stand by it. This is where they say, oh yeah, we're remastering Sonic 06. Right now, Connor, you seem like, you know, Charlie to me from that episode of Always Sunny where he's like in the post office and he's connected all these dots and it's just like completely crazy. Okay, I wasn't convinced until I saw the uh, the Puma Shoes partnership. That was what really did it for me. I'm very convinced. I... All right, we'll see. I'm imagining Connor right now turning over to his wall, his billboard where he has all this stuff pinned together. All right. <laughs> That's all he needs a Sonic um, adventure. But yeah, so Sonic, what was it called? Something, what was the racing game called? I don't even remember. It's just called Sonic Racing. Who cares? You know, like, 
Another thing, like, why would you Sonic of all things? Why would you put them in cars? Because the first they're naturally one was a good fast. Just racer? have them run. You know, I mean, like, it's make not it just racer, Sonic. But have them run. It's, I mean, it's it's like all the Sega characters, like Super yeah. Monkey Balls, and right. and right, and and they've been making those, so I guess they that made sort of makes one sense, of them, but... and it was a really good game. So I guess they decided to make another one. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. Sonic Racing games have been pretty good, from what yeah, I heard. I, I have I friends who the like one them. Wii U, and it was good. It was good. But yeah, I I don't know. That's not really what I was expecting. I hope there's more Sonic stuff coming, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean there is. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing, uh, Battlefield Five had like a an official like blowout. It is a World War Two game, which is interesting. They're sticking in that time period, um, and I think more interestingly, no microtransactions and no loot boxes, and no which mention is- of a battle royale mode. Which is a huge deal for EA and a really sort of a 180 from uh, Battlefront. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm glad they did it. And yeah, just looking at the trailer and the gameplay, the game looks fantastic. Like, it honestly, like, Battlefield games are always on the cutting edge visually uh, when they come out, but every single time they manage to impress. Like, that trailer looked absolutely fantastic from a strictly visual standpoint. Battlefield Five. They announced a co-op mode, a full campaign. Theaters of War is coming back. They announced Grand Operations, which is really cool. Like it looks like it's going to topple Call of Duty again. I. Uh, you say? Did it ever topple Call of Duty though? I think Call of Duty Battle still Battle outsells it every year. I think Battlefield One beat um, Infinite Warfare by a good. Oh yeah, it did. That's really impressive, and I think deserved. I think. Um... I don't know. I, I have trouble getting excited for any Battlefield game that's not Bad Company 3. I was really hoping um, for a future game, but, you know, there are always going to be people who are going to be complaining. It's like, I wanted a I wanted a future game, not a World War II shooter. And then when they get the future game, it's like, I wanted a boots-on-the-ground modern shooter, not a, not a future shooter. And then when it's a modern shooter, it's like, I want to go back to World War II. So yeah, I think it's really weird that they they're following their Battlefield One World War One game with a Battlefield Five World War Two game. It's because yeah, I think Battlefield Two would have been the logical name for this game, but but that name is taken. I, yeah, and, yeah. The, the real answer would have been like 1944, just to sequelize yeah. it. I agree with that. Or you know, ba- Battlefield War World War Two. You know, that's an easy title. Yeah, but isn't that what Call of Duty is? Yeah, but like that's Call of Duty World War Two. Oh, that would be ridiculous if they had the same subtitle. Yeah. Now, because you know, people are going to be like, "Hey, you want to play some World War Two or something?" Like how people say Black Ops. Blops. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, this battlefield looked really, really good to me, and I'm definitely going to get it. I think. Yeah. I absolutely love Battlefields Online just because of how hectic, chaotic, and massive it is, and no other game really kind of captures that same like grand warfare like warfare on an epic scale type right i loved uh, i hope they do it again the marketing they did during battlefield 4's camp like marketing period where they like showed all the crazy stuff happening in multiplayer and that was just the whole like like just stuff that only can happen with like the destructible terrain and vehicles and stuff right like people launching tanks into the air to shoot planes and stuff like yeah that marketing was really cool because it just showed just the shenanigans Battlefield presented. Like, you couldn't do yeah, that in Call and of Duty. I love that. People no. would just jump around corners right. and shoot you in Call of Duty. And Battlefield, they'll drive a Jeep into your tank just because. 
Yeah, I love Battlefield because like everybody can come up with their own like little objectives and still be contributing to the team. Yeah. In Battlefield Three, I would like run around with a shotgun and like uh, Operation Firestorm. I'd be camping in the ditches. I would jump out, toss C4 on a tank, and then get back in the ditch, blow it up. And I had a friend covering me with a sniper rifle, and that was just all we did the whole game. And it was like really fun, and we were helping. Yeah. And you just don't get that in other other shooters. Yeah, you could just, you know, oh, this tank is being really annoying and our engineers are functionally disabled. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to put some C4 on this Jeep and run it into the tank and explode. Yeah. And it works. <laughs> Call of Duty would be saying, like, yeah, no, they can't do that. Battlefield's like, do it. Yeah, the, okay. the creativity you can, like, actually do in Battlefield far surpasses that of Call of Duty, like... It's one of those games where if you think it, you could probably yeah. do it, which is always like a very good thing for emergent gameplay and just cool cool stuff happening. Want to launch your EOD bot into the moon and then proceed to kill someone with it? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, they're really just not yeah. going to stop you. Moving on from Battlefield, very recently Assassin's Creed Odyssey was leaked, set in ancient Greece, uh, rumored to have way heavier RPG elements than even Origins. Like, you'll be able to create your own character, I believe, or there's multiple, like, male-female starting characters you can pick from. Um, And, like, more heavy RPG elements, like stats and leveling up and stuff like that. Huh. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I don't know. That seems like they're going in a weird way with the story. Like, if they were going to have a customizable character, you'd think it would be, like a sequel to Brotherhood or something, because that was when, like, there were a ton of assassins around. Right. I'm not sure, like, I might have misspoke. I think it's more that you can choose between a male and female protagonist rather than customizing your characters. Oh, but okay. Well, that's I'll fairly... Have to, I'll, have to, I'll, ha- I'll have to look at the leak again. That's fairly harmless lore-wise, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not mad because Origins really took Assassin's Creed in the direction it needed to go in because it was really stagnating. And this game seems to be going in that direction even further, which is interesting. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, not too much info revealed about it right now, but it kind of leaked before E3. And I think it's interesting we're not getting that year-long gap between Origins and the next game. We're getting an Assassin's Creed game this fall. Hmm. Yeah, that is wild. We don't know how long it's been in development, Um, though. You know, we can't jump to any conclusions. Like I said last show, like the year break for Origins pushed the other Assassin's Creed games in development back as well. So another interesting thing, um, just recently, literally I just saw this on my phone. For the Nintendo Switch, a lot of ports like uh, Paladins, uh, Fortnite coming to Switch, which was one of my predictions. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters on Switch. That's not surprising. And. And Overcooked 2. Really? Oh, wow. That, that's that exciting. Yeah, we'll, we'll see on that. That's really interesting. If that's, I didn't even know that game existed. Um, for it to be revealed on Switch would be a pretty big deal. That's one of the biggest co-op games out in recent years, I think. Uh, it belongs on Switch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it got yeah, announced absolutely. at Nintendo's E3. Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, I hope that's true. I loved Overcooked. I think that's it for E3, pre-E3 rumors that we haven't talked about yet. Can you guys think of anything else? Nothing about E3. There was other news this week, but it's more sad than anything else. Oh, what was that? I think we should talk about that. We should talk about this. Oh, Total Biscuit. Total Biscuit. 
Like, that came out of nowhere, really. Yeah, Total Biscuit did a lot for uh, both PC he gaming brought, and indie gaming, I feel like. He brought so many indie developers. Like, it was either them selling the game or losing their house. And he would showcase their game positively, and all of a sudden, up they'd go. They, that game was yeah. success. Yeah, and it's sad. Um, like, well, you said it came out of nowhere, but I, I don't think that's really true. Like, we we yeah. know he was battling with cancer for a long time, but he, he had been I, like I, a, I don't think I don't think it was public that it was that this bad. No, you he know, was rallying. Actually, pass away. He was. Uh, he had been doing better recently, but that often yeah. happens right before the a, end. He had like a drain put in like two days before his death, and it's just like, yeah. and I'm fine. And oh, then wow. all of a sudden, his liver just fails. Which is bound to happen. Yeah, that's awful. That's very sad. Yeah. But he contributed to like Warframe. Warframe's big because of Total Biscuit. Total Biscuit really showed some light on that game and it got huge because of it. Right. He was definitely a very uh, he was a big gaming personality, right? He like he, he, he contributed a lot to the He was also he was, he was a critic. Yeah. He was also big on consumers' rights. Like he was there for the consumer versus you know falling for stupid monetization schemes or whatever. Right. No. He's also, he, was, he was one of the people who Valve invited to look at how Steam's algorithms work yeah. and stuff. Like, it was... He was like a less abrasive Jim Sterling in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, and I think he did a better job of it personally, but... He was still abrasive, but he also helped so many content creators also reach that point. Like... He cared a lot about his friends, and like seeing their reaction to that was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, I because wasn't a, even, I wasn't a huge fan, but I'll miss him. I'll miss his like what he did for gaming. Yeah, his consumer rights, his copyright. Like, if a developer was pulling shady practices to try to censor criticism, he that developer was now dead. Like, he was big, and he and even according yeah. to his friends, even at the top out of his game when he had was making tons of YouTube money, he'd still go around and make time to help his friends out. Yeah. He seemed like yeah. a good man. I mean, I mean, I didn't follow his content too much, but I did know about his impact on the industry, and that'll certainly be and missed. And then there was that Bioware dev that, within hours of his death, was, you know, making rude remarks. Or ex-Bioware dev. Yeah, that's, that's very it's tasteless. Very you know, like tasteless to do that within hours of his death. Yeah. Well, just yeah, at all, I think, all. you know, yeah. best, best wishes to him and his family. Um, There's fundraisers out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of a downer, uh, but, end but we'll end the show on a positive note, unless we've been playing really depressing oh, boy, games. My game is really depressing. Um, <laughs> all right. You want to go so first, Mike? I've been, I dove into the world that is dauntless, and oh boy. <laughs> Is that game good? What is Dauntless that? is a free-to-play kind of Monster Hunter on PC without being Monster Hunter. Like it's really? Monster you've, Hunter, but you've more got anime. my interest. And it's it's fun. Oh, you've very got it's my interest. It's really fun. Like I wouldn't expect it to be fun, but you know, I was killing monsters and just grinding through them. It's like this is really fun because it's like a boss fight. You're jumping around, you're teleporting around, you're dodging. Like it's ridiculous how fun it is. Like, some monsters suck, like the quill, whatever, something quill. Like, it hurts. It hurts bad. Like, it'll launch quills at you. It's ridiculous. 
But otherwise, I'm still early on the game, but the grinding's fun. It's like, oh, I just got to defeat three of them, and it just gets easier and easier as you go through. But I may have to check this out. Up. Yeah, because Monster play. Hunter World's so not on PC free. yet. It is an open beta, though. It's, it's, it's free yes, to play? It's an open beta right now, so it's a little buggy. Like, I got the uh, inventory UI. Does it have any MMO elements? Yes. There is a shared area, and you can just invite people up to four. Is it on Steam? Like, what's it's, the what's the distribution? It's on its own launcher, I think. It might be on Steam. Okay, does it, does it have controller support? Yes, it does have controller support. Full controller support. Okay. But... It's an open beta. Like and during the tutorial, I my game crashed first because I was trying to stream it and it didn't work, so it just crashed the game. Um, <laughs> then I got back into the tutorial and figured out I could go to the social menu. Then apparently I managed to stack a hundred pause menus on top of that. Yikes. So yeah, that so happened. it's a little buggy. So then I managed to get rid of the pause menus by pressing, like just spamming, clicking the bot the back button. Then I got another piece of the UI stuck on the screen for the entire tutorial. <laughs> but it was still playable. It worked. Just working out the kinks. Yeah, it's a little buggy, but it's not game-breaking bugs. It's just like, oh, this is a minor annoyance. I have to. I mean, if it captures that monster it hunter spirit, does. that's a pretty big deal. Like, yeah. So the weapons are fun. I've only used the chain blades because you know they're fun. There's breaking. There's severing. There's staggering. There's no sharpness mechanic though, so. Oh really? Looking for that. Yeah. You don't need it. I think yeah, I think I can live without it. <laughs> Instead, there's only you only have five health potions per hunt, and there's limited oh. use. Uh, what is it? Limited use veins that you can heal off of. That once they're gone, they're gone for everybody. So if you use it for low health, you're going to empty it for everybody, and everyone's going to be really angry at you. Hmm. And there's like two or three of them per hunt, so. Sounds monster hungry. All right, so uh, um, I can go next. Yeah. All right, I'll go next, and you can close out, Connor. Let's see. I've been playing the duck game. Oh yeah. So, so I like literally forced my friends, some of my friends, to buy that game on PSN. Was it when it was on sale for I think like five dollars? Um, like I literally made them do it. Like I didn't give them a choice. Like I was about to Venmo them money if they were didn't do it. So they did it, and we played, and it was fun. Um, so the duck game is a competitive uh, two to four player arena brawler kind of game. So like you, 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 you play like short rounds. You spawn in a map with like uh, weapons scattered around. You pick up the weapon and you just kill all the other little ducks, uh, which are the other players playing in the game. And if you kill them all, you get a point for the round, and then it immediately switches to another map with fresh weapons. Uh, it's it's really wacky. It's very fun, and I think the highlight has to be the weapons. Like some of the weapons are normal, like an AK-47, a pistol, but then it can get really absurd, like flamethrowers, chainsaws, like lasers. It's just like <clears throat> uh, it just it, it it it's an ideal like couch co-op game, but you can play uh, you can play online, and it's it's just uh, a lot of fun. That's all there really is to say about that. Sound, I, I've actually played it. Uh, a couple times. It's really good. Quack. <laughs> yeah, you can, like, a there's a button. button you can press to quack. That's, I mean, of course, you have um, to have that. 
But yep, that's what I that's what I played. What about you, Connor? Uh, I actually played through Mega Man One in this past week. Uh, I picked up the Mega Man Legacy Collection on Switch. I think I've talked about Mega Man Two on the podcast before. Um, all I've got to say is like, there's a reason there are so many clones of this of Mega Man. There is a reason there's eleven Mega Man games. There's a reason you know it keeps getting spinoffs. It's just a fantastic formula. The running, the jumping, it all just works. It's emulated really well right. on the Switch. It plays. Um, I will say the Switch version has a rewind button that's almost like Braid's rewinding mechanic. So, like, when you make a mistake, you can, like, just go back to before the mistake was and keep playing from there. And I used it. I used it liberally because I am shameless and I don't really care about being good at video games. I just wanted to play through them. Like, I still had a ton of fun, you know. I think that feature really fits in today's day and yeah, age it, where like no one wants to replay a game completely if they yeah. die a couple exactly times it was a really easy way for them to modernize the games i feel like like they didn't have to restructure yeah. the death penalties or anything they were just like well if you died you can just undo it we don't care we're gonna look the other way let you play it how you want but like the original experience is still there right. you can play without the rewind button you know right and all the original bugs are still there like there's a there's a bug where you can kill the yellow devil in like one shot and, you know, it's all still there. It's a very authentic Mega Man experience. I had a ton of fun with it. Um, that's all I have to say, really. It's just good, good, wholesome fun. Awesome, yeah. I mean, Mega Man's one of the cornerstones of the entire video game industry, I would say. I actually so. learned a tidbit. Did you know Mega Man 1 didn't sell that well? But, like... Really? I didn't they know They had that. already planned out Mega Man 2, sort of, and like they, it was so easy to make Mega Man 2 coming from Mega Man 1, because they like reused a lot of assets and mechanics and stuff. So they went ahead and released Mega Man 2, because like Capcom was convinced that they had something, and that they just didn't get it into enough people's hands. And then, yeah, it took off. It took off from there. Well, good on them for... Yeah, giving it a second keeping chance. Keeping behind their vision. Yeah. yeah. Alright, yeah. So, I think, yeah, we are now... Yeah. T minus what, like a week three. and a half. So next from podcast E3? Yeah. just be all E3. Um, well, I don't know if that's true, but definitely more stuff will leak, and we're certainly going to talk about that. And yeah, I can definitely feel the hype. Like E3, I said this before, but E3 this year is really kind of shaping up to be more exciting than usual. So I can't wait to see what finally gets announced. Hopefully, yeah, not everything for, uh, leaks. Before the pipes for this E3 were I can't imagine. really shoddy. <laughs> Someone fire that plumber because they were. Yeah, someone fire that everywhere. Plumber. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a All lot right, of it's yeah. intentional. I. <laughs> Some of it must be, yeah. Like Assassin's Creed leaks, quote unquote, leaks every year. So there's like no way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. Uh, anticipating E3 as always, and we'll catch you next week with more news. All right. See ya.